You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire. With Jason McIntyre. What's up, everybody? Friday, August 28th, straight fire. It's a Friday. This week feels like it's taken forever. You know how the pandemic feels like it's taken years off your life? This week feels like it's taken months off mine. Uh, I will start here. I was absolutely blown away by the response to Thursday's podcast. I really didn't think... People are going to love that. Um, You guys know it's pretty clear that I don't love talking about the politics and the social issues on a big platform like this simply because it, as I said Thursday, it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Oh, you're a libertarian. You're a moderate. You're you're a Republican. You're a Democrat. And and you just lose the audience that way. And and like sports are supposed to bring us together, not divide us. So I I don't love these topics, but apparently you guys like what we said and – it went well. The numbers were good. And uh, I think we're going to try to limit that, though, uh, today in today's podcast. We have an amazing guest coming up. You guys know that fantasy football is rapidly approaching. And I had my first draft Thursday night. It was a low money league draft, so I didn't put too much time and energy into it. But my big money draft is Saturday. I won't say how much it is on the buy in. I think a couple guys in the league listen to this show. I, two years ago, I did really well. Last year, not so much. And uh, I need to be ready, so I thought I'd get a great guest for us. So Matthew Berry, 
Mr. Fantasy Football from ESPN. He's been in, uh, he was in the last Avengers movie. He's a big deal, and I've known him for a while. He will join us in eh, 10 or so minutes. But first, I also want to thank everybody for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. My last check on Thursday, we were at like 96 reviews, which is pretty awesome, guys. I thought we'd have 100 by the end of the week. Got two days to squeeze one in. And uh, th- just thank you for spreading the word. This is a lot of fun. We're in like week three. You know, it- it's pretty fun and exciting. And I guess the biggest story in sports today is still the NBA. And uh, I came out of my comfort zone yesterday and talked about the issues. Uh, I- I'm not going to go as deep today, but I will say this. The NBA as- is in this fascinating spot where culturally it is just absolutely massive, off the charts huge. Social media, it's a juggernaut. Basketball players constantly talked about. Huge on social media, bigger than baseball players, bigger than football players. I mean, they're they're huge. But weirdly, it's like the sport's becoming less popular partially because of the social issues. Now, we'll see what happens with the TV ratings. Again, they're not end-all, be-all. But I got into this weird dust-up on social media, of course, Thursday with the former NFL tight end Martellus Bennett. And he was trying to say that TV has less relevance than social media and LeBron has 120 million Twitter followers. And I'm just saying, like, dude, there's zero evidence that that is true, that social media is more important than television. Is it big? Oh, of course, social media is huge. But it's still in its infancy. I mean, Facebook is, what, 15 years old? Twitter's like 12? I think Instagram is like 10? Television's been a medium for over 60 years now. Like, get a clue, Martellus. I mean, we've seen this in entertainment, um, sports, where networks will give a show to somebody with a large following and guess what that large following doesn't translate to viewers on television it's a weird setup because we know how the bots are working overtime right now trying to divide our country like martellus bennett's like oh lebron is 120 million twitter or yeah i think it's twitter followers and yeah he does great and how many of those are active users how many of those are actually real and how many are chiming in regularly because it's weird like Three million people watched a Laker game. Now, in the finals, those numbers will ratchet way up. But there isn't the translation from social media to TV for whatever reason. I mean, you could say there's cord cutting. You could say, well, Jason, the uh, 16 to 35 age bracket is huge on social media. That's accurate, no doubt. And the 35 and up crowd is big on uh, TV. I mean, we know the largest segment of people in this country right now are baby boomers. And what do they do? They watch TV a lot. (laughs) You know, have you been to your grandparents' house lately? Uh, They watch TV. Every time I call my mom, I call my dad, you can hear the TV on in the background. They're not sitting there on Facebook. My mom goes on Facebook a lot. Um, Probably too much for my liking. But the older folks, they trust the television. And that's what they watch. And, you know, listen, the NBA is going to come out of this not unscathed. That's for sure. They are going to lose some fans. But I don't think ultimately they care. There's more at play here than fans and social media. Uh, You know, there's big societal issues at stake. And, um, you know, this idea that the players uh, won this or lost this, I just hate that discussion. I absolutely despise it. 
right before uh, I started recording the podcast, I got a text from a police officer who I've been friends with through my church out here in uh, the South Bay of Los Angeles. And he was like, you know, I love the line about, geez, this kind of stuff is happening in Central America. You don't expect this to lead a, a boycott of basketball players in America. Like, we got a lot to fix, folks, in this country. It's not going to happen overnight. And I've said enough about the NBA. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. 
Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One final note. Uh, producer Rob made a great comment, said that Matt Barnes, the former NBA player, I've actually been on a TV set with him. I've hosted radio with him. He's an intense guy on the court, but off the court, he is very chill, very smart guy. Uh, just laid back and quiet. And he made a good point that the NBA players should boycott the Olympics. Um, the Olympics, of course, were supposed to happen this year. They were pushed due to COVID to next year. They are in Asia. And we know where a lot of sneakers are sold for NBA players. A lot of money to be made out there. And I thought that thought was interesting. Like, oh, yeah, they could boycott and say, you know what? Uh, I'm not happy with the state of America. I don't want to represent the country. They could say that. Or... They could go to Asia with a massive platform. The entire world is watching the Olympics. The world watches. Some people watch NBA playoff games. The world's watching the Olympics. And they can make a lot of statements from a massive platform at the Olympics. Now, that, I don't know how that's going to go over with USA Basketball and the Olympics, but... That's certainly on the table for next year. I do quickly want to pivot to baseball quickly, just because I have to get this in. It is borderline comical how bad of a job Major League Baseball has done throughout the coronavirus during the pandemic and now during the season. I don't know if you guys saw this, but a clip went viral of the New York Mets general manager on a hot mic just taking Rob Manford behind the woodshed. He was caught on audio saying Rob Manford just doesn't get it, which is a massive indictment of the baseball commissioner, who has been a bit of a, a, a clown. He's really butchered this whole thing. And riddle me this, sports fans. How were three games postponed on Wednesday due to the NBA boycott? And a couple baseball games just didn't happen. And then Thursday, seven games were postponed. While the other half of the league was playing. Like, what are we doing here? At least the NBA has a unified front. We've bashed college football for this. Come together at the table and put up a unified front. No, they don't want to do that. They want to be in their own corners and their, uh, they got their five power conferences and they're their own entities. That's fine. You know what? You look like a, a joke. That's what college football looks like right now. And baseball kind of feels the same. Like, wait, why are these guys playing? And they're not. The, the New York Mets and the Marlins got fully dressed for their game. They came out and took what was pretty cool, a 42-second moment of silence, and then said, we're not playing, and they walked off the field. I mean, great gesture, but rest of the league's like playing. 
I, I'm just so confused by what the heck's going on with baseball. Hockey keeps on chugging, and I, I'm just going to, a word of caution, if you are friends with an NFL owner, send it to them. I just hope NFL owners can put aside the egos, get in a room before the season, and like they don't screw it up the way Major League Baseball has. NBA's been pretty darn good. This boycott kind of, I almost thought, and I won't go overboard here, I thought Adam Silver and, and the NBA were pitching a perfect game with no uh, positive tests. The bubble was a huge win. The games looked visually appealing. The crowd pipe noise, uh, it was all great. It, it was a, It was a good product. And the Bucks boycott, you know, uh, yeah. Let's not revisit it. But overall, the NBA did a pretty good job. But I think the lessons learned from what college football has butchered in the offseason, Major League Baseball, and the NBA, the NFL, there are going to be expectations that this goes off without a hitch, and it's going to be difficult. I get that, but I mean, the NFL really needs to deliver. And this is the perfect time for me to dovetail right into our guest. The great Matthew Barry. Listen, he gives a lot of amazing fantasy football advice. Hopefully, he can help you win your league. Obviously, I'm going to promote the heck out of all his stuff. Uh, fantasy football focused podcast. He does a show with uh, Field Yates, who's a buddy of mine, really nice kid. Uh, Matthew Barry's on YouTube. He live streams stuff. I mean, he's got this Roto Pass that you sign up for. He I mean, just listen to it all. It's amazing. And remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Here's Matthew Barry on the fantasy football NFL season. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash colin tirerack.com the way tire buying should be there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, I'd like to welcome in a very special guest to Straight Fire. A guy I've known, I think, probably more than a decade, maybe 15 years. I feel like we met at a Super Bowl back in the day. You know him because he's Mr. Fantasy Football. In American football, there is no bigger guy in fantasy sports than Matthew Barry. Matthew, how are you? I'm good, my friend. I'm busy, but uh, I'm good. Yeah, like I think you and I developed like an online friendship. Uh, I used to read the big lead, and uh, we would email back and forth about uh, you know articles and stuff and that, and we just became friends, and you're a big fantasy player, so we would talk about fantasy, and then... Uh, you know, uh, I think we finally met in person. Yeah, at a Super Bowl party a long time ago, and uh, you know, we've been buddies ever since. And so it's uh, it's been exciting for me as your friend to sort of see your rise in the sports media world. So it's been uh, it's been a fun journey to watch. My rise. That's funny talking about the guy who was in the latest Avengers movie. I mean, my rise. Come on, man. Listen, uh, Matthew Berry is everywhere. Fantasy Focus on ESPN. He's got a daily Fantasy Focus podcast. That's the one with Field Yates, another really good yes. guy. Uh, but I got to say, so two funny things I want to get out of the way early. 
Sure. I have asked Matthew Barry maybe half a dozen times to get me into the Howard Stern Fantasy Football League. You know, listen, I had to try. I, I, I had to try. I haven't tried in a couple years, but I had fully admit doing that. And the other one was in the latest Avengers movie, or maybe it was two Avengers movies ago, whatever. No, it's He's the in last one. It was the last one. I was in the theater. And I see Matthew Barry on screen. I'm like, what on earth? He's in Avengers? And I instantly texted you like, oh my gosh, dude. That is, that's big time. So congrats on all your success, uh, Matthew Barry. And um, let's Thank move you. from the love fest I, into, well, I, um, I, oh, go ahead. I appreciate go ahead. that. I appreciate that. Listen, I barely got into the Stern Fantasy League and I don't play in it anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, but they're great guys. And, you know, I always say this about Howard is that I don't believe there's any such thing as a casual Howard Stern fan. Like if you're a fan of Howard and there are millions, you're all in and you've been all in for many, many years. And yeah. so, and I'm, I count myself among, among the faithful. Um, in terms of the Avengers, I appreciate that, you know, like it was a completely surreal experience and I wrote about it actually in last year's love hate. And there was a mm -hmm. lot of press about it. The, my last year's preseason love hate. If you, you, if you're interested in the story and you haven't read it yet, you can just Google Matthew Berry Avengers and um, a Matthew Berry <laughs> Avengers love hate. And it'll probably be the first thing that pops up. But um, yeah, it was one of those just sort of surreal experiences. And the crazy part of it, it is was doing the scene turned out to be the easy part, right? They made it so easy and they were so generous and giving. It was like a two day shoot for me. But the hard part was not telling anyone yeah. like you have to sign so many NDAs when you do a show, a movie like that, right? And so there literally like probably were five people at ESPN that knew I was doing it because I had to get approval to miss days of work to do it. But like, you know, this is inside baseball, but like Jimmy Pataro didn't know. Connor Shell didn't know. Norby Williamson did not wow. know. Like, like at the highest levels of the company, they did not know uh, that I was doing this. It was literally my immediate boss. And then you mentioned Field Yates or, you know, Stefania Bell, Mike Clay, my coworkers, Daniel Dopp, my coworkers on the shows that I do just because they were all going to have to fill in for me. So um, it, it was crazy. And I, I literally, Disney would not allow me, or Marvel would not allow me to even publicly acknowledge I was in the movie until the Tuesday after it came out. So like Jeez. people, like it's so funny because there was, so, it was such a, you know, you know, Thanos demands your silence and, you know, the whole thing about spoilers and that, you know, Disney PR's point of view, and I understand this was like, hey, you being a cameo is going to be a surprise for some people, much as it sounds like it was for you, Jason. And so oh, shocking. Um, yeah. they're like, we don't want to spoil that for anyone. So all these people would tweet at me on Twitter, like, dude, I just saw you in Avengers. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and like, and they would reference something about the scene. And I couldn't even respond saying, like, yep, that's me. Or anything. <laughs> and I got a lot of like, dude, was that you in Avengers? And like, so um, it's been uh, pretty cool. The one thing I'll, I'll say about this, Jason, because I think it's important to get out is that Avengers, you know, I'm, a, I'm an actor in it. I'm an, an actual cast member. I had like four lines. I'm in the credits yeah. I'm, on my IMDb page. Like I'm not an extra. Like I'm a legit cast member of Avengers Endgame. And, you know, it is the only movie I've ever appeared in. I'm a one movie actor. You're it an actor. Come be. on. I'm a one movie. We'll see if anything happens. We'll see if they make movies again. Who knows? But um, uh, I am, I am, uh, I'm in that movie. And that movie, to date, Avengers Endgame, is the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide, right? It's a high, no movie has ever made more yeah. money than Avengers Endgame worldwide. And so it's my only movie that I've been in. So when you do the math and you break it down on a per movie basis, 
No actor has a higher box office average per movie than I do, Jason. Genius. Take, oh, take your Robert Downey Jr.'s, your Samuel L. Jackson's, your Tom Cruise's, your Brad Pitt's of the world. They're all brilliant actors. They're all amazing people. Um, but uh, in terms of per movie averages, like they're all below me. Yeah, they've had some clunkers. Uh, uh, Matthew Berry has not failed. One for one. one. For, it's like pinch hitting in the World Series and hitting a walk-off homer. Pretty much. Uh, just an incredible... Now listen, uh, I don't... I'm David Tyree. Yeah, basically, that's what you are. David Tyree <laughs> makes that... And he's making speeches one, for the rest one, of his life. One play. $10,000 a pop. Exactly. Um, so your story is pretty incredible. Listen, you got to give props to anybody who can carve out a niche and own it, and they're the guy. And that's where you are. But... Matthew, I gotta, I gotta say, this is probably your toughest NFL season to handicap with no preseason. I mean, it, we're like two weeks to yeah. the NFL season, and there, it, it feels like it lacks juice. There's so many questions about should we expand rosters. I have my first draft uh, this weekend, okay. and I, I read your love hate, and I'm like, I have just so many questions. I'm gonna start here. Do you think, given the lack of preseason, there is a colossal advantage to drafting all wide receivers early as opposed to running backs. I mean, load up on receivers early because it feels like the defenses are going to take weeks, maybe a month or two to catch up. No, I don't think so. In fact, that's not even, I recommend the opposite. I recommend, oh! going, running, I, I recommend going running back earlier. And I'll tell you why, two reasons. So first off, let's just address COVID. Jason, you're 100% right. It's by far... My toughest season, and I think anyone who does what I do in terms of trying to analyze fantasy football and give projections, and it's a, it's a tough job to begin with. We're trying to tell the future, right, which is impossible to do. But now you're trying to – there's so many unknowns in fantasy football and football in real life before you even get to the fact that we're going to play a season, you know, um, with COVID-19 being part of our, our universe with, uh, to your point, no preseason games, only 14 padded practices, a, an accelerated ramp up to the season. Like they didn't have OTAs, you know, that, so they didn't have rookie mini camps. So, so yeah. So for me, what I want to do is just in general, just a, a, in general is what I want to do is I want to try to eliminate as many variables as I can. And so what that means for me is when I'm going through my drafts and my rankings, I want to, when it's close, Give me the guys that are in the same system with the same coach with the same quarterback than guys that are brand new. So, mm -hmm. you know, the example, DeAndre Hopkins is a great example to me. I think he's an amazing player. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL just generally. And he's obviously one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. There's no question about his talent. But when you're at the elite level, which is what Hopkins is at, is at when you're at the elite level, you have to nitpick, right? So I prefer Michael Thomas back with the Saints, back with Drew Brees, back with Sean Payton. I prefer Devontae Adams, back with Matt LaFleur, back with Aaron Rodgers, who's been with forever. I prefer Tyree Kill, back with Andy Reid and back with Patrick Mahomes. I prefer, um, I prefer Julio Jones, back with Matt Ryan, back with Dirk Cutter, back in Atlanta. I prefer all four of those guys to DeAndre Hopkins, who's got to develop chemistry on the fly with Kyler Murray, that's got to learn a brand-new offense under Cliff Kingsbury. So I think where you can – so with the exception of a few, uh, few instances, I'm basically fading rookies this year – and except it's like sort of late round flyers. And I am, whenever I can, trying to take players that are in the same system, the same offensive system, mm -hmm. and playing with the same coach and or quarter and quarterback, ideally. Right? So There's a few right. exceptions to, to that. Oh, okay. yeah. but, um, but in general, that's what I'm trying to do. And then specifically to your question about wide receivers, wide receiver, the position of wide receiver, I don't know if you've done a deep dive yet on sort of your research yet, Jason. 
But um, wide receiver position this year is insanely deep. Insanely deep. And whereas running backs is, once again, a fairly scarce position in terms of guys that have no warts, no question marks about their playing time or about their, uh, about their role on the team and, uh, you know, or their production. So for me, I want to go running back in the first round. I have only one wide receiver in my top 10 picks, and that's Michael Thomas, and I have him eight, hmm. um, which is lower than he's going in consensus and lower than he's going in drafts. So I want, ideally, a running back in the first round and generally a running back in the second round. If you get Kelsey or Kittle in the second round, I'm fine with it. Uh, and, you know, if you're at the end of the second round and whatever, Devontae Adams is still there, I get it. But, uh, but generally speaking, I think if you do some mock drafts, especially in like 10 and 12 team leagues where you only play one quarterback and you, you do some mock drafts where you go running back, running back, or, or either way, you just don't take a wide receiver till at least round three, I think you will like how your team turns out. And I think you can even wait till round four or five. Like it, the wide receiver position is the deepest it's ever been. So let me pin you down on a rookie, CD yeah. Lamb. You read the breathless tweets from practice. Sure. CD Lamb dominating in the red zone. He's in the slot. He's out wide. He can do everything. So are you kind of out on CD Lamb, or is he just in such a prolific offense with targets coming from Cobb, who's gone, and Witten, who's gone? CD Lamb will have a big year. Uh, listen, I like C.D. Lamb. I think you can make a strong argument for him to be the number one wide receiver pick in Dynasty. Um, uh, but I, I, and so I wouldn't say that I'm out, but he's also not somebody I'm targeting. I will say this, to your point. First off, I'm high on the Dallas offense as a whole this year. I have Dak Prescott as QB3. He's going as QB6 on ESPN. So yep. he's a quote-unquote love for me. So I, I'm much higher on Dak than the consensus. Uh, I'm much higher on Michael Gallup uh, than the consensus. So I think Gallup has a big year. You know Amari's going to get fed. I think Blake Jarwin is an interesting late-round flyer at tight end with Jason mm-hmm. Witten gone, as you mentioned, now with the Raiders. And then, of course, Ezekiel is going to touch the ball 20 times a game, as he has throughout his entire career. He's never averaged less than 20, 20 uh, touches in a game for his NFL career. And by the way, he's never missed a game due to injury as well. Listen, right? He has listen a six-game suspension. Oh so I'm God. just saying, like, just how many balls are there to go around? Now, to your point about Randall Cobb, there was a time, there was, it, it's a small sample size, but there was a time last year in which Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb were all healthy. And if you look at their per-game averages, they were all top 30 wide receivers. So that offense has shown it can support that. And even though Mike McCarthy's the new head coach, they're keeping Kellen Moore. They're keeping the same offensive system, basically. So uh, do I – I'm out on CeeDee Lamb as, at least initially, a consistent fantasy asset, somebody that you're, gonna, that you're going to start every week. But do I think when you're in the later parts of your draft and you want to take a flyer that, you know, am I out on him there? No, absolutely. Because we know the upside is enormous. We know that offense can actually support three fantasy relevant wideouts. We don't have a large, large sample size of it, but we have seen it before. We know the talent is immense there. I'm high on Dak who's playing for a deal this year. And CeeDee Lamb is one of those guys that if he can get the ball in space, he can take it to the house. So uh, I don't mind him at all as a late round flyer, but I would not want to go into the season with him as one of my starters. Here's a running back. I'm looking at your list in the top 20. I'm, I'm stunned. Listen, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, rookie. I get it. He's going to be awesome. He's going to eat in the Andy Reid system. But it looks like you have him sixth ahead of Nick Chubb, who is at 13. I'm projecting Chubb to be a monster this year. Basically, the Dalvin Cook and Stefanski system in Cleveland, two new offensive tackles. Uh, I, I think I think Chubb is. I would have Chubb in the top six. I, I, why are you okay. down on him? Does it have to do with 
maybe him not getting all the carries with Kareem Hunt still there and Edwards Alaire at six seems um wow so a couple of things here so we can tackle both those guys let's start with Clyde Edwards Alaire I've been told by the way Jason and what do I know I'm a moron but I've been told actually it's pronounced Clyde Edwards Alaire that the H is sort of silent okay but that's a big uh that was a big thing with him um, so that's what I was told. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know. I've never met the man, but, um, for whatever it's worth, but that's how I always pronounce it is Clyde Edwards E. Lair. And, uh, at any rate, CEH. So for me, fantasy success comes from two very simple things, talent and opportunity. We agree on the talent, right? I think a lot of evaluators had him as the number one running back coming out of college. It was a toss up between him and Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people like DeAndre Swift as well. Um, but, you know, he's right there in that mix. He's the only player in SEC history with over 1,000 rushing yards and over 50 receptions in the same season. He's the only guy. You think about all the great running backs that have come out of the SEC, and the only guy that can say that, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Okay. Um, you think about an Andy Reid running back. Once Damian Williams opted out, suddenly that whole job is his. Because think about who else is there. So we, I'm just saying we know about the talent. And by the way, Andy Reid, after the draft, compared him favorably. Not like, you know, he's a version of, but just said, like, I think he's better than Brian Westbrook. Yeah. Now, a little bit of that is coach speak, okay, but fine. Remember, 2004 to 2008, that time frame, that was, those five seasons, under Andy Reid, Brian Westbrook was the second best running back in fantasy. Playing on an offense that, all due respect to Donovan McNabb, didn't have Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And, and so... Um, and he's saying he thinks Clyde Edwards Lair is better than Brian Westbrook. All right. Here's the thing. Uh, in the last 15 seasons, the lead running back of an Andy Reid uh, offense has averaged 18 fantasy points per game. That would have been running back eight last year ahead of Alvin Kamara. Hmm. Now you have, but by the way, and that's over 15 years. You have basically everyone in this offense coming back, Super Bowl champs. Like, and so, and then you think about, all right, well, who could potentially take touches from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? The only running back in Andy Reid's history that he's drafted in the first round. He's never drafted a running back in the first round before, but this, this year he did. Yeah. And so, like, is it going to be DeAndre Washington? DeAndre Washington is a nice player, filled in well for Josh Jacobs last year college roommates, uh, college teammates with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, but DeAndre Washington. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> um, Darwin Thompson, who couldn't get on the field last year. And Daryl Williams, who's more of a fullback uh, blocking guy. I actually think Daryl Williams is sort of interesting if you're in a best ball league, but, like, it's going to be the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire show. Like, you think about Andy – like, if you're the lead running back of an Andy Reid offense, Jason, and I literally mean you, I literally mean if Jason McIntyre were the lead running back of an Andy Reid offense. It's like plausible. You, you could put up some points here. Think about – think about let's, – let's be kind here. Let's think about some, you know, uh, middle-of-the-road NFL talents. Corell Buckhalter, Sharkandrick West, Spencer Ware. Like, there's a long list of running backs that – haven't really caught on anywhere else in the NFL and yet had fantasy relevancy because they were the lead running back for Andy Reid. Hmm. And now you've got a guy that everyone agrees, talent-wise, is among the elite. Um, going there, getting 20 touches a game. Like, this is the one where I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm saying I want consistency. I want guys that I've seen do it before. Yeah. But 
Um, for me, the consistency here is lead running back of Andy Reid's offense, yeah. whoever it period is. End story, and yeah. Period, end of story. And then you're like, oh, oh, it's that guy? Oh, it, oh it's CEH? It's the, you know, the star of LSU's running game? Like, uh, okay, now I'm in. You know, like, and so, by the way, I know you think that's high, but I will just tell you that in any league that knows what it's doing, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not getting out of the first round. There'll be at least one person in your league that's into the hype. Like he's yeah, no, I would agree with that. For, I would agree. I mean, I'd take him over Joe Mixon. Um, yeah. But at any rate. So what about Nick Chubb? Are you, you're, yeah. Why don't you love Mr. Chubb? So my ESPN rankings are based on ESPN standard game. By the way, it's free to play. Got to get a plug in. Please play at ESPN.com. Sign up for free. Uh, download our app. 100% free. It's all free. Uh, you can start a league today. Um, and the game is PPR. So full PPR. And you look at what Nick Chubb did once Kareem Hunt came last year. First eight games of the season, Nick Chubb was all world. Oh, yeah. Second half of last year, he averaged the same basically amount of fantasy points as Kareem Hunt. They were both outside the top 15 of running backs. And so I agree with your premise to this point. I agree the Cleveland offense is going to be better. I agree the line is going to be better. I believe Kevin Stefanski is going to be more of a – you know, he's going to want to run the ball to set up play action. I believe it's going to be a more efficient offense. It's going to be in scoring position more often. So I'm with you on all those things. And I also agree that Nick Chubb is a very talented running back, just from a pure NFL standpoint. My concern is, Jason, so is Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And I just don't know. Like, he's literally, like, if you look at the numbers, over the second half of last year, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were basically the same fantasy player on a points-per-game basis. Kareem Hunt had more receiving yards. Nick Chubb had more rushing yards. But they scored about the same amount of fantasy points per game. And that, you know, and so your draft, the way he's going in drafts, Nick Chubb's going in the first round, like he needs to be the guy of the first eight games, not mm. the guy that was next to yeah. Kareem Hunt in the second half. And I, so I wonder, yeah, I wonder how much of that is coaching because Kitchens was pretty terrible last correct. year. Correct. But, um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great but, point but about – you never want a guy in the first round who's splitting carries, obviously. That's know. right, or splitting running back touches. Right? Touches, so yeah, targets. Kareem Hunt's as good a pass-catching running back as there is in the NFL. And so I don't think – if you're Kevin I, – I believe this. Fantasy football, I think sometimes we make it too hard and we overthink stuff, right? I, I always write – you know, I write, I write an article every year called The Draft Day Manifesto, which is yes. available now on ESPN.com. I'm a company man. And one of the things I say is that, um, you know – when, you, when you're trying to analyze fantasy football, when you're making any decision, who to draft, who to start, do I make this trade, do I pick up this player, do I start this guy over this guy, ask yourself one very simple question. What's most likely to happen? Doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but it's just you play the odds, right? It's like you sit down at the blackjack table and you, you always split aces and eights. You know, you always, you, always, um, you, you hold on 17. Doesn't mean it's always going to work, you know? Sometimes the, the you know, yeah. dealer showing, showing a 12 and pulls a 9. It happens. But the fact is, is that, um, you know, if you play the odds, more often than not, it's going to work. And so you think about what's most likely to happen in Cleveland. Do you think Kevin Stefanski, and we're, we're talking merely NFL. We're not talking about anything off the field. But merely as an NFL player, do you think Kevin Stefanski gets to Cleveland and goes, you know what I need of in this offense? Less Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Let me figure out a way to get Kareem Hunt out of this offense. No, of course not. From a, from a purely NFL standpoint, Kareem Hunt is an insanely talented player. Mm. And so 
I, I think Kevin Stefanski, like you've heard rumors that they're like Kareem Hunt's going to be their slot receiver. The, the fact is, is that I think Nick Chubb, the argue, the pro Nick Chubb argument is, is that that offense is so much better than it was last year, because I agree with you kitchens, you know, that was a disaster last year, but the offense is so much better last year that the, that the d- decrease in touches for Nick Chubb is made up by the increase in goal line carries that the offense is more efficient and it's scoring more. And that they win getting close to your point, to your point, Dalvin cook led the NFL in goal to go carries last year, led the NFL in goal to go carries. Mm-hmm. Now the Vikings, all due respect, didn't have Odell Beckham jr. Right. I mean, there's a, that's the other concern here is that when they get in close, is it always going to Nick Chubb or is Kareem hunt involved? They just find out Cooper to a big deal. They've got David and Joe who's still there. They obviously have have of OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Like there's suddenly like a lot of guys there that we've seen have success in the NFL. So I think the Browns could be a post hype sleeper kind of offense because we were all on the Browns last year and that obviously blew up in our faces. But um, that's my concern on Nick Chubb in a full PPR scoring setting is that I don't know that he gets enough passing down work and that Kareem Hunt eats into enough of his work that it doesn't make him the dominant guy that he was over the first half of the season. But I'm with you. I think Nick Chubb's a – I think he's an awesome running back, and I think that offense is going to be a lot better this year. All right, so last one is kind of um, – it, it's a difficult one because of I, I'm not as high on Tom Brady, uh, f- you know, 43 years old, as everyone else. Is the big discussion of Godwin or Evans? Who is the smarter pick? The, the big number that jumps out, Matthew, of course, is – that Jameis Winston loved play action last year. He loved to throw the deep ball. His average throw traveled uh, 10.5 yards, second most in the league. Tom Brady last year, 28th for average uh, throw traveling. He he doesn't do the play action as well, and he's got his old security blanket in Gronk. So are you on the Team Godwin, Team Evans, or are you like, hey, they're both going to split and there's Gronk? And you seem to love this running back, the kid Vaughn that they drafted. How do you handle the Godwin Evans discussion? Well, I think I'm I'm in on both of them. I have both of them slightly lower than where they finished last year, but I have both as top ten wide receivers. I'm in on Brady. Let's just start there, and then we can mm. we can move to answer your question. Wow. So again, this is one of those like as we said at the top of the show, like I want consistency. I want the same thing. I want you know. And so there's big, there, but there's a few exceptions, and I think Tom Brady is one of those exceptions. Um, so a couple of things. So first off, just the offense, right? It's going to be a fantasy-friendly offense. Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year, right? We all know this famous stat, right? People don't realize Jameis Winston was the fifth-best quarterback in fantasy last year. Mm-hmm. Like, they were sixth in pass percentage last year. And then you're like, well, that's because they were down and everything like that. Maybe. But Bruce Arians has always been a throw-first coach. Think back to his time in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Everyone said Carson Palmer was done. He'd played two years in Oakland. Uh, he had averaged like 14 fantasy points a game. They're like, yeah, Carson Palmer's done. He's over. Well, he played four years under Bruce Arians in Arizona. And other than the year that he got hurt, like in game five or something like that, he threw over 4,000 yards. Three out of his four years in Arizona. He was 36 years old. Uh, you know, and I think Car- a 36-year-old Carson Palmer is probably in Tom Brady years, 43, because Brady's obviously a genetic freak. Um, In Carson Palmer's 36-year-old season, he finished as QB5 under Bruce Arians. 
<laughs> Good call on Carson Palmer. Remember, that guy almost won an MVP with the Cardinals. That's my main man, Matthew Barry. Great guy, great fantasy host. Good actor. You got to give it to him. He was solid in the Avengers endgame. And remember, follow him on social media. Jump on his Fantasy Focus podcast. He's also giving you uh, a cr- crazy special. If you sign up for Roto Pass using the code Jason, he's giving you 10% off on everything. And you get ESPN Plus tossed in. A lot of value there, folks. I can't recommend it enough. Matthew Barry, he's basically giving away great fantasy content. That's code Jason at Roto Pass. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Really good stuff. Remember, obviously, subscribe, rate, and review to Straight Fire. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. We'll talk to you Monday. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.